This time on Hockey Seasons, 1987, from the punch-up in Pistiani to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals in a three-game showdown at the Canada Cup, 1987 had it all. So the 1987 World Junior Ice Hockey Championships took place in Pistiani, Czechoslovakia, which is now Slovakia. Hockey powerhouses Canada and the Soviet Union were set to meet in the final game of the tournament on January the 4th, probably planned as the gold medal game, as back then there were no playoff round. On the line this night was possibly a gold medal if Canada could beat the Soviets by five goals and, and tied with Finland at a 5-1-1 one one in the standings, and a guaranteed silver with just a win over the Soviets. For the Soviet Union, on the other hand, a win would give them 500 record at 3-3-1 and out of the medals. The game was tight and chippy through the first half with many slashes, pushing matches, and inexperienced referee Hans Ronning had his hands full with little international experience under his belt. With Canada up 4-2 with 6.07 remaining in the second period, the slash started a fight between players that soon turned into a line brawl with all players fighting on the ice. Soviet Union player Evgeny Davidov was the first player to leave either bench, and then all heck broke loose, with players pairing up, swinging. At one point, 12 fights were happening at the same time. Some players were being fought by multiple players as well. Unable to control the fighting, referee Ronning and the other refs left the ice. In a desperate move, tournament officials turned out all the lights in the arena, hoping that that would stop the fights. After some time in the dark, players stopped fighting, and teams left the ice. Soon after, the IIHF officials held a meeting where each team in the tournament had a delegate present. They voted 7-1 to one to disqualify both Canada and the Soviet Union from the remainder of the tournament and wipe away their records. Canadians were asked to leave the arena within 30 minutes and escorted from the, across the border to Austria by a school bus and flew back to Canada in the middle of the night. In the aftermath, the IIHF banned players for 18 months from international tournaments and coaches for three years. Later, these were shortened to six months so players could play in next year's tournament in Moscow. From that team, Canada had 1,000-point NHL scorers Thurn Fleury, Brendan Shanahan, Pierre Turgeon. On the Russian side, future NHLers included Alexander McGillney, Sergei Fedorov, Vladimir Konstantinov. They all participated in the fight this night. It was real black eye for the sport, but in the end, it raised a lot of allure for the tournament, and it's now become a yearly spectacle around the world, and especially in Canada, where it's held every other year. So back to the NHL, the big story up to January was the Philadelphia Flyers leading the league on January 1st with a record of 25-11-2 for 52 points with Wayne Gretzky's Edmonton Oilers at 24-12-2 for 50 points. They continued to battle through the month of January. By February 1st, the Flyers and Oilers remained at the top of the standings, each with 72 points, and they're both the cream of the crop for this season. To replace the regular All-Star game in 1987, the NHL created Rendezvous 87, a two-game series between the NHL All-Stars and the Soviet national team held in Quebec City on February 11th and 13th during the annual Winter Festival in Quebec City. Technically, the Soviets won on aggregate 8-7, with Canada taking Game 1, 4-3, and the Soviets winning Game 2, 5-3. But the Soviets never really boasted about winning the tournament this much. It was more about the hockey. 
The NHL All-Stars were made up of mostly Canadians with two Swedes, two Finns, and four Americans on the squad. This was a great warm-up for the Canada Cup tournament later in the summer. Back to the NHL grind, the Oilers had leapfrogged the Flyers in the standings by March 1st with 81 points. Flyers falling back to 79, and Hartford had surged up with 73 points. By the end of the season, on April 4th, the Oilers had surged to 106 points on 50 wins, with the Flyers hanging in for 100 points on 46 wins. The Oilers were stymied in 1986 in their drive for three straight Stanley Cups by Calgary in Game 7 of the semifinals, and Montreal ended up beating Calgary to win the Stanley Cup that year. The Oilers steamrolled through the 87 playoffs to reach the finals with wins over the Kings, Jets, and Red Wings for a total combined record of 12-2 and two up to that point. Philadelphia had a tougher run to the finals. They met the Rangers in Game 1, winning 4-2. Then they got up early on the Islanders in three games to one, but the Islanders dug in and forced Game 7 with the Flyers, winning easily 5-1. to one. In the Eastern Final, the Flyers met up with the defending champion Montreal Canadiens. The Flyers prevailed in six games. We have a rematch of two years previous, the 1985 final. The two best teams on the season, the Flyers and the Oilers. They'd met three times over the season, but they had not met since December 28th as a 6-4 Oilers win. So game one in Edmonton was a tight match through 40 minutes. It was tied at one. The Oilers scored three early in the third period to break it open for a final of 4-2. Wayne Gretzky, Yari Courier, Mark Messier, and Paul Coffey all had multiple points in the game, with Grant Fuhrer stopping 29 of 31 shots. Game 2 was another tight affair, with the Oilers jumping out on a Gretzky goal in the second, followed by two Flyers goals. The Oilers scored in the third to tie it at 2, and it stayed that way, so we were off to overtime. Yari Curry scored the game winner at 6.50 of the first overtime to give the Oilers the win and a two-game lead in the finals. Both goalies saw 34 shots on the night, with Grant Fuhrer stopping 32. Game 3 was back in Philly. did not go well for the Flyers. They got down 3 nothing at the 149 mark of the second period. This could be a real quick series if they don't wake up. The Oilers took three penalties in a row in the second, and the Flyers scored on two of them to get back into the game. Down 3-2 to two in the third, the Flyers scored two goals in 17 seconds to take the lead 4-3. They held that lead with Brian Propp scoring an empty net to end the comeback with five straight goals. Wow, incredible night. Scott Mellenby and Peter Zezel each had a goal and an assist, and Ron Suter chipped in with three assists on the night. Could the Flyers keep the momentum rolling in Game 4? Nope, the Oilers jumped out with two in the first. Another comeback for the Flyers on this night. They scored one early in the second, but the Oilers prevailed with two more that night for a 4-1 win and a 3-1 lead in the series, heading back to Edmonton. Gretzky added three assists on this night, and Grant Fuhrer stopped 27 of 28 for the win. The Oilers started strong in Game 5, jumping out to a two-goal lead in the first. By 1-9 of the second, the Oilers had a 3-1 lead. Flyers scored two goals in four minutes to end the second tied at three. They got one period left for the Oilers to win the Cup. But at 5.26 of the third, Rick Tockett scored his second of the game to give the Flyers a 4-3 lead, which held up so he could send it back to Game 6 in Philadelphia. Ron Hextall had a great night, stopping 31 of 34. 
and Brian Propp added four assists in the game. Back in Philly, the Flyers need a great start if they want to get to Game 7. Again, the Oilers jumped out quick, scored the first two goals. The Flyers chipped away and scored one in the second to get it to 2-1. It's 20 minutes to go for the Oilers. Flyers cashed in on the power play at 13.04 the third and scored another one 128 later to take the lead 3-2, which they held on for the win. Hextall stopped 30 of 32 on this night. He's having a great series. Now we're off to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. So finally, for the first time in the series, Philly scored the opening goal and jumped out to the lead 1-0, just 141 into the game. Six minutes later, Mark Messier tied the game, and the first period ended with a 1-1 tie with 40 minutes left to play. Oilers could not be beat on this night, though. Yari Curry scoring one in the second, Glenn Anderson adding one in the third to give the Oilers a 3-1 win in the Stanley Cup. Wayne Gretzky led the series with 11 points, 7 goals and 4 assists, while Brian Propp had 9 points for the Flyers. Grant Fuhr ended the series with a 4-3 record, 9-17 save percent, 2.4 goals against average. The other end, Ron Hextel had a 3-4 record with 9-03 save percent, 3.09 goals against he took home the Conn Smythe as playoff MVP in the loss. This was the third Stanley Cup for the Oilers in four years. Definitely a dynasty in the making. So in the summer of 1987, the Labatt Canada Cup was back after three seasons. In 1984, Canada won over Sweden in the final, hosted in Calgary and Edmonton. The 1987 tournament stretched from August 28th through September 15th across Canada with the finals held in Montreal and Hamilton. The 16th tournament featuring Canada, United States, Sweden, Finland, Czechoslovakia, and the Soviet Union included a round-robin tournament with each team playing five games, followed by the top four playing in a semifinal with the winners meeting in a best-of-three game final. After the round-robin portion of the tournament, Canada led the standings with a 3-0-2 record that included tying both the Czechs and the Soviets. The Soviets ended in second with a 3-1-1 record after losing to Sweden and tying Canada. Rounding out the top four were Czechoslovakia and Sweden. In the semis, the Soviets met Sweden, beating them 4-2 after being outshot 26-24 for the game. In the other semi, Canada got a real scare, going down 2-0 to Czechoslovakia and a young Dominic Hasek before coming back to win 5-3. Hasek stopped 32 of 37 shots for the Czechs, and it wouldn't be too many more seasons until we saw his brilliance in the NHL. So this set up a Soviet-Canada best-of-three final. Game 1 took place at the Montreal Forum, and Canada jumped out to a 1-0 lead on a Mike Gartner goal, with the Soviets stormed back with four unanswered goals, leading 4-1 in the second. Looked like a real runaway this night, but Ray Bork scored in the last minute to make it 4-2 after two periods. Grant Fuhrer made an incredible stop early in the third, and that gave Canada a spark, with Doug Gilmore cutting the lead to one. Glenn Anderson scored with around three minutes left to tie it up, and Wayne Gretzky scored 20 seconds later to give Canada the comeback. But it was short-lived as Andrei Komatov scored just 30 seconds later to tie it again. We're off to overtime. In overtime, Alexander Simek went far down on Grant Fuhr to give the Soviets a game one by a score of 6-5. to five. 
Game two was in Hamilton. It was back and forth affair the whole game. Canada opened the scoring just 43 seconds in, followed by the Soviets 40 seconds later. First period ended with a 3-1 Canada lead with both goalies making incredible saves and end-to-end action. Soviets outscored Canada 2-1 in the second, and it ended at 4-3 for Canada. Seven minutes into the third, the Soviets tied it at four, and Mario Lemieux scored six minutes later for a 5-4 Canada lead. This game is definitely not over yet. Valerie Kamensky tied the game with 104 left in the third, off for overtime for a second straight game. In the first overtime, both goalies stood on their head, and we needed double overtime. At 10.07 of the second overtime, Mario Lemieux scored his third goal of the game to even the series at one game each. It's an incredible night of hockey. Game 3 saw Canada flat to start, and it looked like the Soviets would run away with the Canada Cup on this night. A 3-0 lead, 8 minutes into the first period. Canada scored on the power play at 9.50 and added another one at the 15-minute mark to narrow the lead to 3-2. Canada pushed hard for the remainder of the period, but the Soviets scored on a Ray Bork giveaway with 28 seconds remaining to end the period with Canada down 4-2. Canada came out like gangbusters in the second and scored three unanswered goals to take the lead 5-4 heading into the third period. With seven minutes remaining, the Soviets tied the game and it looked like another overtime may be needed. With about 136 left in regulation, Dale Harchuk won a faceoff in the Canadian zone. Mary Lemieux poked the puck into the neutral zone and passed it to Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky and Larry Murphy were on a two-on-one, with Gretzky dropping the puck back to a trailing Lemieux, who fired the shot top corner to give Canada a 6-5 lead with 126 remaining. At the time, it was seen as the biggest goal outside of Paul Henderson's goal in the 72 Summit Series. Canada held on to win the game 6-5 and claimed their second consecutive Canada Cup and third overall. Wayne Gretzky was voted the MVP of the tournament with three goals and 18 assists for 21 points in nine games. Mary Lemieux led the tournament in goals with 11 in nine games. This was the final series between these two powerhouse nations as the Soviet Union would fall in 1989 and Russians came to the NHL soon thereafter. So how about some quotes from the 1987 calendar year? Here's Brendan Shanahan on the punch out. I could say it was just a product of the times of where the game was. There were a lot of guys who jumped over the boards who had zero intention of fighting. It's not the Russian players' fault for not knowing that. I don't look back and say this was Canada's proudest moment, and I don't look back and feel ashamed for it either. Ron Hextall on the finals. That was a huge stage for sure, but once you get to the playoffs, the stage is big. When you're a hockey player, the ice is the same, the glass is the same. You just go out there and play. Larry Murphy on the Canada Cup. It was kind of the last good versus evil matchup, for lack of a better term. There were a lot of stories there. You didn't know if you were ever going to be another opportunity, and as it turns out, there never was. So it was kind of like, which country is the king of hockey? It was the perfect storm for both teams to be that great. Here's Dale Howarchuk on the Canada Cup. I'm pretty sure the goalie thought for sure he's sliding it over. It's almost like the goalie was trying to load to get over and never got his arm up. Of course, Mario buried it. Wayne Gretzky on the Canada Cup. It wasn't quite the Summit Series, but it was pretty close. 
from the punch out in January to the Oilers dynasty win in the cup finals to the amazing Canada Cup 6-5 games, 1987 was a real hockey year, probably the best ever. Hockey Seasons is created by Derek Mallets, original music by Shane Ivers. Research for this episode came from thehockeywriters.com, nhl.com, hockeyreference.com, statnews.com, espn.com, lastwordonsports.com, wikipedia.com, sportsnet.ca, and Sports Illustrated. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.